Good morning, my most favorite person in the whole entire world. I love you so much. And today I'll be reading you Matthew 17. Um, Just to recap, in Matthew 16, he was talking to his disciples towards the end and just told them, you know, what does a man gain if he lost his whole soul? And he was telling them about some won't taste death, but instead be raptured out. And that is where we're at. So then in Matthew 17, um, there's 27 verses total, and I will start now. Matthew 17, verse 1. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them into a high mountain apart. And was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his remnant of white, at, his remnant was white as light. And behold... There appeared unto them Moses Moses and Elias talking with him. And Peter said unto Jesus, Lord, is it good for us to be here? If thou wilt, let us make their three tabernacles. One for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. So Peter just asked Jesus, you know, he was talking to Moses and Elias. These people have been dead for a while. And they appeared and he was talking to them. And Peter was like, should we be here? Should we not be here? Is is this what you wanted? And then in verse 5, it says, While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. So that was God speaking, and he was pretty much saying that he was pleased with his Son. God would not even say he was proud of his Son, even though many earthly people would say that he has every right to be proud of his Son, because his Son hasn't done any bad things, no sin. God said not to be proud, so he did not say, I'm proud of my son. He said, I'm well pleased. Verse 6, and the disciples heard it. They fell on their face and were sore afraid. So we see that God's voice scared James, Peter, and John, and they all fell on their face. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. And when they had lifted their eyes, they saw no man save only Jesus. Save Jesus only, sorry. So when they arose, Elias and Moses were gone. Verse 9. And as they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, saying, Tell the, tell the vision to no man until the son of, son of Man is risen again from the dead. So we see here, once again, Jesus is telling them not to tell people. Because there was a lot of times in the Bible... That he had warned people that he had healed or even his disciples not to tell people that he was the son of God. Because once again, he didn't want, it wasn't time for the scribes and Pharisees to know. So verse 10. And his disciples asked him saying, why then say the scribes that Elias must come first? And Jesus answered And said unto them, Elias truly shall come first and restore all things. But I say unto you that Elias is come already, and they knew him not. 
but they have done to him whatsoever they have listed. Likewise, shall also the Son of Man suffer of them. So, we see here that they were asking, you know, why did you, why tell them that Elias is coming, is coming first, before you, or before the Son of God. And he said, oh, because it's true, he's already came. Just some people rejected Elias. Some will also reject Jesus too. It says, likewise shall also the Son of Man suffer of them. So what that's saying is, Elias did come before Jesus, but he already came and they didn't even know it. They rejected Elias when he was here, just like they're rejecting Jesus. So he didn't lie. Verse 13. Then the disciples understood that he spake unto them of John the Baptist. And when they had come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and is sore vexed. For oftentimes he's fallen into the fire and often to the water. And I brought him to the disciples and they could not cure him. So we see here that this man had a lunatic son and he needed him to be saved. So he brought him to the disciples and the disciples couldn't cure him. And you ask why, you'll see soon. But Jesus gave the disciples all the powers that he, that he had if they had enough faith. And we'll see that in verse 17 right now when it says, Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and preserved generation, how, sh- how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. So he was talking to the disciples and he was like, oh, you faithless, you have such little faith. He says that so many times in the Bible. And then he was saying, how long should I be with you? How long will I have to be here to teach you? Answers three and a half years. Jesus had to teach the disciples three and a half years before he even sent them. Not, no, he kept, he continued to teach them. But did you know that they had to learn for three and a half years before they could even witness and preach to other people? My dad told me that. I thought that was neat. But he was saying, how long should I be with you? How long should I have to suffer you, teach you to not sin? Bring him to me. So bring him hither to me. Bring the boy to me. Verse 18. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him. The child was cured from that very hour. And came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye shall, ye shall say unto a mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out by, goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. So what Jesus said there was if they had the faith of so much of just a little mustard seed, and as small as a mustard seed is, if they had that much faith, then they could literally move mountains. And that's why people say, I can move mountains because I'm a Christian. That is not true. Jesus gave those powers to the disciples. He wanted those disciples to have those powers because 
He wanted them to be able to go out and preach and teach and prove that Jesus was the Son of God. We cannot move mountains. Just like we cannot get bit by snakes and live. Or we cannot drink poison and live. Like the disciples could. But, if we have faith, you know, we might not be able to move mountains. But anything can be answered. If we have faith that our best friend will get saved and we truly pray and we try to witness, then it will happen. And if we have faith, anything that's in the will of God, which is anything that's not a sin, because God, any good thing is the will of God. If we have faith and we pray for something to happen to us, like we understand the word, we have the desire to read, we get the opportunity to witness, we stop sinning. If we have faith and pray, so we pray and we know that what we pray will come true. Like, we know, we know, we know. Then it will happen. Which is why it's so crucial to pray. I mean, all day long, every second. Like, when you can think. I mean, obviously, you're not going to pray 24-7. But when you think about it, pray. Pray all the time. Be in constant prayer. All the time. When you're alone, pray. When this message goes off, pray. When you're walking into work, pray. When you're working in the press, pray. You know? When you're at break, pray. It's so important that we pray because we won't even understand the Bible if we don't pray for the knowledge in the Bible to touch our mind. We have to pray. Praying is so important. So, so important. Verse 22. And while they abode in Galilee, Jesus said unto them, The Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men. And they shall kill him, and on the third day he shall rise again. And they were exceedingly sorry. So right there, Jesus is just telling them, you know, somebody's going to betray me. We know it's Judas. But at the time, he didn't say that. And he said, I'll be killed. You know, he was crucified. And on the third day, I'll rise again. And he did that. And they were very sorry to hear it. Verse 24. And when they had came to Calpurnium, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay tribute? And he saith, Yes. And when he was come unto the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon? Of whom do the things, of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children or of strangers? Peter said to him, Of strangers. Jesus said unto him, Then are the children free. Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea and cast a hook. Take up the fish that first cometh up, and when thou hast opened the mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money. Take it and give it to them from for me and thee. So these people. So when he came to Calpurnium, in verse 24, he came to Calpurnium and received tribute money to Peter and said, 
doth thou master pay tribute? So he asked if he'd pay tribute, which is the law back then was to pay money to the government. And we're supposed to follow laws. So Jesus said, yes, we do. Oh, well, Peter said, yes, we do. And then Jesus didn't have money because Jesus wasn't worried of these earthly things because Jesus knew he would be taken care of. Jesus didn't have to worry about what clothes he was going to wear, what food he was going to eat, and what money he was going to have, what shelter he was going to have, because it was always provided for him, always. I mean, if you think about it, anytime Jesus went into the town, somebody offered him somewhere to sleep. Jesus always had food. When they didn't have food, Jesus made food, like when he fed the four or five thousand. So, Peter said unto him, the strangers must pay. And Jesus said, okay, go fishing. Cast the hook. Take the first fish up. Open his mouth. And you'll find money. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Peter casted his cast. His, I don't know, his rod. I don't know. His line. Yes, that is the word I was looking for. And he found a fish. Opened his mouth. He found the piece of money. He took it to them, paid their tribute. They had what they needed. They, God supplied what they needed, even if it came by fish mouth. They always had what they needed. And God will do the same for me and you. So when we think, you know, oh, well, I really don't want to, I don't... I don't know. Sometimes I guess we think that we don't want to do certain things. Like, we don't want to have to give up. Or we'll think, you know, following Jesus, we have to give up so many things. But we really don't have to give up these things. And the things that we need, God will provide. Which is why it's just so crucial that we truly love Him and follow Him and worship Him. Because He will provide for us if we do. And uh, I guess that's all I have for you today. It's pretty short. But you can finish the other one, too. And by then, you'll probably be at work. Be able to talk to me. So, I love you. And I hope you have a great day. And uh, if you have extra time, and you're praying, and you find yourself praying, you know, just pray for me. Because I have things I need to work on, too. And, uh... I really like your prayers, especially over just, I don't know. I feel like I could manage my time wiser. And uh, I feel like I could read more, pray more. Definitely have temptation. So, if you could just say an extra prayer for me today, it would be greatly appreciated. I love you.